It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing all right. What's going on, man? Not too much, so we will recap the Titans' preseason game against the Buccaneers. Uh, before we do that, remind you that we write for MusicCityMiracles.com, where we cover the Titans for SB Nation. So you can check us out there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry's at TLambertFB. And then you can search out the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked on Titans. You can find us there. Uh, subscribe so you get the podcasts that we do as soon as they come out. Uh, this week we've got a couple of interesting things planned. We're going to go to recap the game tonight, and then tomorrow we're going to talk to our boy Mike, who has been out at uh, pretty much all the practices. That he missed a couple against the Bucks this past week, but had been there at most of the ones before that. So just kind of get his overall impressions of, of camp and some of the guys that we've been talking about and that kind of stuff. So we'll have him on tomorrow night. So uh, looking forward to that. All right, tonight we're going to talk about the offense first, then we'll talk about the defense, then we'll just kind of talk about some odds and ends in the third segment. Uh, first team offense had another good night. The first first drive wasn't great. Uh, Mariota looked, he missed a couple of passes, and, uh, you know, Derrick Henry ran and was was okay. Then the second drive they came out, and, man, they looked like a different team. Deion Lewis making things happen, takes a little swing pass, makes a couple guys miss, turns the corner, gets a bunch of yards. And then, of course, you know, the big play, the, the screen to Taewon Taylor. So, uh, you know, obviously the Titans lost the game. But if you look at ones versus ones, the Titans won that part of it. And, you know, that's that's the most encouraging thing. That's, that's what we're really looking at in these first couple of games. Yeah, and Marcus Mariota, you're not going to take a lot away from this. Uh, he had the big play on the screen. That's really him just making a, a – 10-yard throw. Uh, there wasn't really anything to dive into here in regards to timing. Um, yeah, He was off off target on, on a deep ball to Corey Davis. Not sure what happened there. Uh, outside of that, it, you know, offense didn't really have time to really develop a rhythm or anything. So, uh, honestly, kind of a wash for, for Mariota, but as long as he doesn't get hurt, that's a successful day. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you saw Deion Lewis kind of show why the Titans signed him. Uh, quickness is there. The burst is there. That little swing pass he took and got around the corner when the defender was in really good position, uh, that was a big deal because the Titans haven't had that guy on the roster in, in years, maybe a decade. Uh, so the ability to do that, to just take uh, a little short dump-off pass and, and gain a first down out of it, that's something that the offense was missing last year. It's something the Titans now have, and I think they're going to use it quite a bit. Yeah, and, you know, that's one of the things. Going back to the Bill Barnwell article we talked about, it's been a few weeks ago now, and, you know, making the point that, you know, the Titans are signing a running back for the Patriots, and the Patriots have let those guys walk, and, and, you know, that's been the best decision or whatever. Like, Deion Lewis is a different type of guy. Again, their backfield was crowded up there, and he fit a specific need that the Titans had. And, honestly, he looks like a better running back than Derrick Henry. And, you know, Rep Ryan, last, uh, when we talked to him last week, he was the first person that I've really heard say that he thought Henry, that Deion Lewis would get more carries than Derrick Henry. And I don't know if that's the case or not. I think that I – do, I, th- I do think Deion Lewis is a better running back. But Deion Lewis has had durability issues, and so you're not going to just go out there and give him, 
you know, 20 plus carries a game. That, that's not smart. He's not going to hold up for the whole season if you do that. But like you said, he brings something different to this offense, something that they haven't had. I mean, you know, DeMarco Murray two years ago was, was a better pass catching back than I expected him to be. But Deion Lewis is even on a different level than him. And I can't remember the last dynamic receiving back the Titans have, because even when Chris Johnson was at his back at, at his best, he didn't really have a whole lot of interest in, in catching the ball out of the backfield. So this is just something different that we're going to see. And, and obviously it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, we got a little glimpse of that in this game. Like you said, just make something out of nothing, turns it into a big play. The other thing, I mean, obviously you talked about the, the screen pass to Taewon Taylor. And again, differences of coaching staff, right? You see this coaching staff drawing up a wide receiver screen to the fastest guy on the field, to their best, or not their best receiver, their fastest receiver, the guy that's probably the best equipped to run that play. You know, last year they were throwing that play to Eric Decker and having Taewon Taylor block, which makes absolutely no sense. So anybody that, you know, is doesn't buy into the whole scheme change and all that stuff, I, I don't think it's a look much further than that play just to see the difference in these two coaching staffs. Yeah, you also had the screen to Derrick Henry, which I love. You know, I, I think we've talked about it before. Derrick Henry in space is the best Derrick Henry. When you can get him up to speed and kind of get him away from the trash at the, the line of scrimmage, that's when he's at his best. That's when he turns into a home run hitter. So you saw that. You saw the, the receiver screen to Taylor. You saw another one to, uh, I believe, Devin Ross in the second quarter. Uh, who ended up fumbling, but that's going to be a bread-and-butter play for this offense. And, you know, like you were saying, getting it to the most dynamic player on the field, which might be Taewon Taylor, uh, is is a breath of fresh air, considering how many plays the last staff drew up for Eric Weems, uh, Harry Douglas, and Eric Decker. So, uh, at the end of the day, football isn't really that hard. It's getting the ball to your best players in space, uh, and the Titans did that last night, so that's exciting. That's exciting for Marcus Mariota. You know, that's easy. That's easy stuff that that gets you going, gets your offense popping, gets Mariota in a rhythm. So, uh, forty yard, forty seven yard touchdown pass. Uh, you know, you gotta love that, and that's that's a no brainer. You know, that's a, that's a really easy throw for a quarterback who might need to get his confidence back. Yeah, like you said, Derrick Henry, you know, one of the things that people say about Derrick Henry is, well, he didn't catch the ball in college, he hadn't caught the ball in his first couple of years in the league. And, and, I mean, it's true, but if you watch, you know, the way that Alabama played offense with Derrick Henry, they just lined up and handed him the ball, and he ran ran through people, you know. And so that wasn't something they really needed him to do. It was something they asked him to do. So it doesn't mean it's not something that he can do. So, like you said, he made some big plays last year in the passing game. Um, you know, took a couple of screen passes and, and, you know, turned them into big plays, and the Titans were not good at screens last year. So, yeah, they're going to be a screen team this year, and that's going to be fun. And honestly, we haven't seen, you know, very much of them being good at really in the 20-plus years that they've been here. They've never been a team that they could do that successfully. And like you said, that is going to be a bread-and-butter wide receiver screens, running back screens, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, last year they were frustrating because they didn't work with them, the wrong people, all that kind of stuff like we talked about. But this year it's, it's going to be a thing. And, and like you said, I mean, those are easy. Those are, I mean, Mark Mariota does nothing on that play besides get the guy, get the, guy the ball. But, I mean, you see all around the league you see quarterbacks that are, that are doing that and, and their stats are that much better because of that. 
and Mario just hadn't hadn't had the advantage of being able to do that the last couple of years. So um, I don't know. It'll, it's going to be interesting to watch. All right, coming up, we'll talk about what we noticed from the first team defense. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk. 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, but I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. So the first team defense really didn't play that many plays. And we were looking, we were talking before we came on, and it looks like most of the guys, like Logan Ryan, Byer, those guys played 16 snaps, so a couple of series. Um, they they looked good, again, overall. Um, we saw the, the Buccaneers started Fitzpatrick, obviously, with Jameis you know, facing the, the suspension at the beginning of the season, getting him in rhythm with those guys. So when Jameis came in, he played against the twos and obviously torched that group. But the ones played against Fitzpatrick did a nice job. Um, you know, and the, the, I think the most encouraging thing is probably continues to be the play of Harold Landry. Um, because he was, you know, the, the, the couple of plays that he made, I think were uh, with James Winston playing quarterback, but the Buccaneers still had their first team offense on the field at that point because they were trying to get work with the first team with, with James as well. And Landry didn't have a sack in this game, but he did force two holding calls. One of them that took a touchdown off the board. So just watching him and seeing him be the guy that we thought he was going to be these first couple of preseason games. I mean, obviously it's not you know it's not the regular season yet. There's still a lot for him to prove, but it just it gives you a good feeling about where he's going to be and what he's going to bring to this team. Yeah, the Titans have something really dynamic on the edges. Uh, finally, so Harold Landry looks great. He looks like the Titans' best pass rusher already. Uh, he's got more burst than Morgan. He's got more, probably more burst than Arakpo. Uh, he, he's got more, more ability to get around the corner. And I don't know how you keep up that off the field. I, and, and you know that's not a shot at, at Arakpo or, or, or Morgan. He's just, he's just better uh, getting around the corner. Uh, so I don't know if he can hold up against the run yet. But I, I'm fascinated to see how this rotation develops when Arakpo comes back. Uh, I, I just wonder if he's going to start these games sooner than we think. Yeah, that'll definitely be something to watch. Yeah, I think we'll see a heavy rotation there, obviously. Um, the other guy that really stood out was Jayon Brown. I mean, he was all over the field. And, um, you know, he he was a little bit up and down last year. But, I mean, I thought, you know, if, I think PFF, I think he graded out kind of poorly there. But I, I thought he played pretty well in his role. And, you know, when you looked at what he brought versus the other inside linebackers that the Titans had had, and a guy like Avery Williamson, who was obviously a very good, you know, run-defending inside linebacker, but was not good in coverage at all. Uh, John was obviously an upgrade from him last year. But, you know, it seems to be his first two games. Obviously, he had the, you know, the, the bad play against the Packers where he got, you know, missed the tackle and the guy got the touchdown. 
But other than that, he has he's been all over the field. He's been forcing plays. Um, you know, had a pick in the first game. Almost forced an interception with with a uh, hit on the quarterback in this game. So uh, they've got a lot of talent there. Um, you know, we haven't seen much of Rashawn Evans. He practiced I think the first couple of days of camp. Hadn't been in since then, and may get to see him this week. Uh, Wesley Woodyard didn't play in this game, but you know, you've got to feel pretty good about where the Titans are with the linebacking core as a whole. And just when you look at it from last year to this year, it just they, it seems like they've gotten a lot better in that spot. Well, they've got options. So again, you know, you talk about the rotation. We don't know where Evans is going to fit in. We assume he's going to be your first and second down guy at least. Uh, Woodyard isn't going anywhere, but Jalen Brown's going to be a guy that's hard to keep off the field too, uh, just because of that athletic ability, uh, that speed, that coverage ability. You know, it just seems to be where the NFL is headed. You want to get as much speed as possible on the field. So uh, you saw him. I think I saw him take a rep covering a guy out of the slot. Uh, he, he covered a tight end. You know, Cameron, Cameron Brait beat him uh, on a little out route there. Uh, but that might have been his only negative play. But uh, in that second, I think it was the second quarter, uh, it just seemed like he had five or six plays where he was just all around the ball. He was either breaking up the pass or, or making a tackle or, or doing something. So super active. Uh, that's great to see. Uh, Vrabel talked about how multiple he wants to be. Uh, that's another one of those guys that's going to let him do a lot of different things within the front seven. Yeah, and, and like you said, I mean, it just they have they just have a lot of options now, and it seems like that hasn't always been the case for this team, and, and especially for this defense. But you've, you've got ways you can mix and match, and then you know, looking forward to next year, um, if, if Woodyard's not back, then you know you've got hopefully Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown can be your maybe every down guys. Um, so, I mean, that that's something to, to look forward to in the future. But hopefully you just have a good mix of guys. You throw Will Compton in there as well. Um, guys that, that have played, you know, I mean, Compton's played well in the past. We know what Woodard brings to the table. Jayon Brown seems to be getting better uh, every every week. And then, you know, the Rashawn Evans, we still just don't know from him. But he may have the ability to come along a little bit slower, and that might be okay. Um, that's not really what you want to hear about your first-round pick. But, you know, injury and training camp, if these other guys are good enough to keep him off the field, then, you, you know, they, it's not the end of the world. Not ideal, obviously, but but not the end of the world. Uh, anything else stand out for you from the first-team defense? Uh, not really. We didn't. We just didn't get to see a whole lot. Uh, Malcolm Butler set out. It seemed like they kept – the front seven in longer than they did the secondary, which was weird. But, uh, yeah, just uh, just still not a lot. Maybe uh, that third game is when they're going to play maybe a quarter, maybe a half. Yeah, I, I think so. I think we'll obviously get more. And it'll be a good test uh, against the Steelers this coming week. You know, obviously, Le'Veon Bell's not there, but you still got Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger. So it'll be good to see the, the ones going up against those guys. All right, coming up to the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about just some other notes, things we noticed, and then a couple of guys that have probably played themselves onto this roster. So if you're talking about guys that have played themselves onto the roster, Sharif Finch has obviously got to be where you start. Um, Had a couple more pressures in this game. Again, didn't get a sack this time, but forced a couple of things. Uh, You know, and listen, we've talked about for, you know, two, three years now about the Titans needed, needing help on the edge. Um, you know, we, we've talked about Aragpo and Morgan, obviously good players still, 
but you needed something behind them. And, you know, Harold Landry is obviously that guy, and like I said, so far has, has lived up to that billing. But Sharif Finch has come in as an undrafted guy, has, has made some plays. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt if camp – or, I mean, camp's already broken. But if, you know, they had to make roster cutdowns today, the Finch would be on this team. And looking forward, again, you know, maybe he's a guy in the rotation this year, but maybe he's a guy they lean heavily on even next year when you've got Arakpo and Morgan in the last year of their contracts. Don't know if one or both or either will be back. But, you know, again – you just you you have some more options and you can keep guys fresh. And Brian Arakpo, uh, I heard him. I think it was on Midday One Eighty talking about, "Hey man, ideally I only play thirty plays a game." He said, "If I if I, if I only had to play that much, I'm fresh. We got other guys that are out there making plays, and that's the best thing." That hasn't been an option for this team because you know Morgan and Arakpo have been about all they've had. But they might be able to go four deep at that spot this year at the outside linebacker spots and keep a rotation going and keep those guys fresh. Yeah, you've gone from two to four deep real quick. And to find athletic pass rushers as undrafted guys is just kind of unheard of. So, you know, those guys don't last long in the draft. But, uh, I mean, Finch looks legit. Uh, He looks dynamic. He looks quick off the line. He's strong. Uh, Can really win the edge. So, it it just seemed like every rep he took, he was making some sort of noise and, and beating the man in front of him. So, that's really, really exciting. Uh, and, and you know, then you look at a guy like Aaron Wallace. You know, what do you do with him? Is he now kind of on the bubble? Uh, you know, do you keep five of those guys or do you keep four? Uh, but either way, the Titans have a really good future on the edge now. And, and I don't know that I would have said that even even two weeks ago. Uh, so Finch has really been a, a revelation here. Uh, really excited about that athleticism coming out of your number four outside linebacker spot. Yeah, and then another guy I think that has probably played himself onto the roster and maybe more of a matter of circumstance than anything else is Nick Williams. Uh, You know, Michael Campanaro, we'll see. We haven't seen him in a couple weeks now or at least a week at this point. Again, we have no idea what's going on with anybody that's injured. But, um, you know, they they brought him in, I think, to fill a role. But I think Nick Williams could fill that role if Campanaro is not able to because of injury or, you know, whatever else it may be. Um, you know, had the had the the couple big catches last week, uh, threw a really nice block on on Taewon Taylor's first touchdown on that wide receiver screen from Mariota, and, and again, I, you know, listen, if Nick Williams is one of your top three options, then you're in a lot of trouble. But if he's a guy that can come in and, and play a role, do some of that stuff, uh, you know, like the block that he threw, it's not the worst thing in the world to have that guy on the team. Again, he's not a guy that I really gave much consideration to. Even when they signed him, I didn't think he would make it. But just as a matter of circumstance, more than anything else, he might have a spot on this team. Yeah, I kind of still think he's on the outside looking in. And, of course, like you said, it it could all change if Campanaro can't come back healthy. So if he's still down, then his chances of making this roster go through the roof. So uh, still an interesting battle there with Deontay Burnett and and, uh, Darius Jennings and guys like that. Uh, just not a whole lot of excitement there for the, in that battle for the fifth receiver spot. Uh, it's an interesting debate, but just just not a lot of guys that with a ton of upside that really excite you there. So uh, he could he could make this roster, but he kind of is what he is at this point. You saw him have a big play in Green Bay again, like you were saying. He had that big block. He also had a drop in in that game uh, last night. 
So, interesting spot there. Not real excited about it. I still think it's Campanaro's job to lose. Yeah, and and you hope that ultimately they don't have to count any of those guys. Right. That, that would be ideal. Uh, anybody else? I think you mentioned Corey Levin was the guy that stood up to Yeah, Corey, Corey Levin uh, looked good from the playing center spot. That's a guy that, that we talked about when the Titans were in free agency. We just thought that might be their uh, their third guard and maybe back up center. So you talk about cutting a guy like Ben Jones potentially after this year. Uh, Levin's starting to show some stuff. So uh, you you want some depth. We think the Titans have a ton of depth. Well, maybe we didn't think it was coming out of Corey Levin, though. Uh, Xavier Suafilo and, and Kevin Pamphil are also there. I think Levin's outplayed both. So it looks like they're going to play Pamphil as the swing tackle. Um but I, I think he's solidified himself on this roster and potentially as a future piece down the road. Yeah, and again, it's, just, it's valuable to be able to find those guys later in the draft. Uh, you know, if you can get a couple years out of them where they're still on those cheap contracts and they can be productive, uh, that's obviously crucial to uh, building a solid NFL roster from, you know, 1 to 53. A uh, couple other things, watching the quarterbacks. Blaine Gabbard's an interesting dude to watch. <laughs> Because he makes some plays, and you're like, man, this this guy's good. Like he can he can you know be evasive in the pocket, and he's got a big arm. He can step up, and make a throw, and then every now and then he makes a throw, and you're like, oh my gosh, he's terrible. So I mean, I think that's kind of been the story of his career. And then Luke Falk um, is is just not an NFL quarterback. That that, that pick <laughs> is still just kind of confusing. But I don't, uh, you know, there was the thought that maybe hey, they keep him as a three this year, and then you know because they signed Gabbard to a two year deal. Maybe Falk's your backup, you know, for the future. But I just, I don't, I don't see it. No, and, and I said it the second he was drafted. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about that one. So I would have much rather seen a Richie James, you know, receiver from MTSU, is making noise with the 49ers. Easy to say that now, but I mean that's kind of what we were calling for on draft day. So uh, not many frustrations with John Robinson. And if your your highest one is a six round pick, you know, you'll take that. But yeah, I don't think Falk has much of a shot here. Yeah. So anybody else that, that stood out? Uh, Jonu Smith, I think he only caught one pass, but he looked really, really good uh, in the open field there. Uh, we've talked about this before. He, he's kind of a, a receiver playing the tight end position. Um, going to be interesting to see how they use him, how he blocks, if they use him in line or if they split him out wide. So we talk a lot about receiver depth. We can't forget about Jonu because he looked pretty good with the ball in his hands. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing. Delaney Walker got hurt in, in practice last week. Again, no idea the severity of the injury. But, you know, John is going to have a significant role in this offense, even if Delaney is healthy. But, obviously, if Delaney is, is down for any, any period of time, uh, John becomes that much more important. So, anyway, it was a good – I mean, you, you, don't wanna, you don't want your team to lose. Obviously, that's, that's not ever fun. But when you look at, you know, what was accomplished in the game, and again, ones versus ones, you feel good about where the Titans are after two weeks. And hopefully we'll get to see a full half from both units this, this week coming up. Um, and again, I guess a good team in Pittsburgh. I mean, I think that'll be a good experience for these guys. So um, we'll have a lot more leading up to that that game this week. Uh, like I said, we're going to talk to Mike tomorrow night and uh, just get some of his thoughts um, get ready for a lot of love for Ferkser, and uh, he's a big Sharif Finch guy as well. So, um, but he, no, he'll, he'll have some really good stuff. But anyway, 
So between now and then, museummiracles.com. Check out everything we got going on there. Lots of good stuff. Uh, I know we had a breakdown of, of Matt LaFleur's play calling from last night, which was good. So uh, check that out. And then we'll have more stuff going up there throughout the week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at jmorrismcm, at tlambertfb. And again, search out the podcast Locked on Titans, wherever you get your podcasts. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.